Mindset is the biggest strength I have. I'm an awkward, tricky guy. I'm a right-handed southpaw. Great chin. I speak well nowadays. I never spoke very well. It was never always like that. So boxing gave you a lot of confidence? Oh, loads. L loads. Like, people see a confident, mentally invincible guy, but it's not always been like that. I've just fought Ortiz. Life-changing money. Most people wouldn't even be bothered in looking for another fight date now. They'd be enjoying life. Maybe not ever fight again. But me, I want to fight so bad. Like, I want to fight before the year's out. People see me, right? Over the last few years, it started to get on my nerves. McKinson, always slippery. He's awkward. In my head, I know I'm so much more than an awkward southpaw. There's so much more to me. So uh, going into your camp, obviously, we'll talk a bit about Ortiz yeah. and everything that's happened. Because last time you were on, it was the build-up. Um, obviously, you had uh, Ortiz fall through when he had... Oh, OK. Um, was it after the Ortiz pulling through? So have I been on since? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So last time we spoke, I think you had got the fight. You had the date. Um, how was the camp? Did you feel strong going into it? You know what? I'm not making excuses because that was the... Mentally and physically, that was the best Michael McKinson ever. Going into fight week, it was by far the best version of me that ever, there ever has been, but it needed to be because of the scale of the fight. Now, I got eight weeks' notice. I would have liked a bit more, you know? Not saying the result would have been different, but at this elite level, you'd like more notice. Um, I Why is that? The weight, the, the preparations, like more times but I would love 10-12 weeks eight weeks is a little bit tight um, I was a bit heavy I was heavier eight weeks out than what I am now I remember seeing you running eight weeks out yeah. on the seafront do you remember running yeah. past me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember that um, so I had a bit of weight to lose but it wasn't probably not as much as Ortiz because he's a huge guy but for me it was uh, but the camp went wow I was in Italy for a little bit at the start of my camp, took myself out of there. I Midway through camp, I was up in Middlesbrough having some real tough, aggressive rounds with Troy Williamson. Oh, nice. How was that? That was Tell you the story, right? We was uh, due to go back to Italy, right? And um, I booked the flights and stuff like that. And it was me, one of my teammates, Matt King, and my dad. Went to Gatwick, checked in, um, was in the terminal... There's a delay on the flight, so I thought, oh, let's get some food, chill out. It's going to be a few hours. Little bit time passed. I had another click on my phone. Flight's been cancelled. There's no alternative flights until Monday. This was on the Friday. No way. I was like, what's going on here? So we had to get escorted out of the terminal, got our bags, and leave the airport. We was like, I've paid so much money. Do you know what? Whiz Air. I still haven't got my money back for that. Whiz Air. That's what it. What, that's what. Well, the that's what you was. get for booking with a, oh, a travel company what? called Whiz Air. No, but that was the only <laughs> flight that we could get on that week that day. Yeah. Uh, so I was out of pocket nearly a grand for that because I think how they work with flights is it there's there's external companies that sell it through the airlines right, and yeah. those external third party companies they make, they, they yeah. have like a middleman rubbish agreement they make it almost impossible to claim a refund and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that like I was on the phone for over an hour which the call must have cost about £140 really? yeah because it's like over a pound a minute or whatever it is um, over an hour and uh, for them to cut me off so I thought I'm not calling them back they can take all my money like do you know what I mean I tried other ways but 
Yeah, I've never flown with them again. <laughs> um, and what was the excuse for the, the flight cancelling anyway? I don't know. I think they had loads of airline issues at the at that minute, mm -hmm. but they kind of made made it impossible to claim a refund for me. So um, it is what it is. But luckily, we left Gatwick Airport, drove straight up to Middlesbrough, and had great weekend sparring Troy Williamson. Um, met Tyson Fury that weekend as well. So it was it was. Good. I probably had better sparring with Troy Williamson for the mm -hmm. Ortiz fight. So every cloud, as they say. Yeah, because he uh, can bang too, right, Troy? Yeah, he, he can he looks bang. powerful. He can bang. He's big. Mm -hmm. He's very big, um, aggressive. Uh, some of the sparring got a bit dirty, which was needed. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was good rounds, and it like it was worth the however many hours it. It took sitting in the passenger seat listening to my dad waffle on <laughs> to all the way. He's a very clever like, man, though. Seeing seeing him even when your brother won the British yeah. title and coming to film Lucas for a bit. Yeah. Just the, the things he did in the gym when I was watching him, he's, he's a very smart guy. He's got a lot of knowledge, my dad. He's getting a lot like, a lot more credit nowadays. Um, mm. You know, he's that was his, when Lucas won the English title the other day, that was his ninth title he's won as a trainer. Um, nine titles yeah so Floyd Moore won two southern areas and Floyd Moore lost his debut to a journeyman and then my dad turned him round to win two southern area titles one of them on um, a matchroom show actually on TV both by knockout at what weight lightweight then he also had a southern area champion in Paul Morby and Chris Hobbs they won area titles um, then obviously I've won four belts and did he ever do any training with Joel? For a little bit early on in Joel's career, but um, not for his title fights. Um, and then obviously my brother, but he's a great coach, but he's an even better corner man, my dad. I, I think he's a great in the corner. Um, you know, you see, you see how in Texas with... I, I remember going on Twitter afterwards and he was getting a lot of praise um, on Twitter for how good he is in the corner and stuff like that. So... He's getting some credit now as, mm -hmm. as a good coach, which is good. Yeah, and uh, back to obviously the camp you said. So yeah. everything yeah. was going well. Everything you, you was felt great. strong. We flew over two weeks early. So it was me and my brother, Miles, and my dad flew originally, like two weeks, uh, finishing preparations. Things were great. Um, How was it getting used to, obviously, American time, the weather? Mate, I fought in LA in March, yeah. Texas was double the heat of LA. It was mm. ridiculous. So it was, the time weren't as bad as LA. So a couple of days you were sweet. It was only six hours, but um, the heat, it took a while to get used to it. I didn't have a problem making weight. <laughs> what, what did you do with the heat to get used to it? Were you just training outdoors? Just training, yeah. I noticed when I was over there, my runs became shorter. <laughs> um, everything became double hard because mm -hmm. of the heat. Uh, but, you know, we got it done. We, we went well in advance to be adjusted. Would you maybe think of having a full camp out there at some point? I've to... had camps, like two-week camps, a week camp, like in various countries before. It happens quite a lot. I rarely have my full camp in Portsmouth. Um, I was out in Philadelphia a couple of years ago in New Jersey on my own. That was tough. I, I travel quite a bit, but now that I'm at that level, you have to kind of invest into your preparation. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, like wherever my dad says I go... Um, Would you ever go up in the mountains? Of course, of yeah, course. I'd like stuff. Harder the better. Is but it Big Bear? Big Bear? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's like where uh, Golovkin trains. Yeah, so there's lots of possibilities. And now I'm in the kind of the public eye, and and what I've done this year, 
the world know who Michael McKinson is now, so lots of opportunities that will come my way. Yeah. So pre-fight, when you was in the dressing room and yeah. you knew it was the biggest ask, you're yeah. going against a guy that's 100% knockout ratio, obviously you're backing yourself mm. still. What was going through your mindset? Was it different to other fights? Was do, there... Do you know what? Say all fight week, yeah? All of the media, all the boxing people, they were like... Like, they noticed how mentally strong I am. I'm cut a lot different to other people. I'm so confident I could pull that off. I was so confident that, um, you know, like, in the changing rooms, like, I, I felt confident. Um, I had everyone there, like, my dad, my brother, like, Miles, my physio, Cam, my nutritionist, Greg, another one of my trainers, Mark Coombs. So, like... Everyone was there and things had gone great. Mentally, I was on top of the world. Like, physically, I was more prepared than I ever have been, I believe. Um, and, you know, like, f in the change rooms, it was just nothing. But I remember, because obviously the matchroom representatives like in the States were over with us and uh, was listening to music. And then just before, for the five-minute knock, you're on in five minutes, I said, let's get some Alton John on, right? And I was singing to Alton <laughs> John. We was all singing, like, it was a great atmosphere just before I What's walked song? out. Um, what's, we had Crocodile Rock, Rocket Man. We had a couple of Alton John songs. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it was great. And, uh, like, the matching representatives, like, we, how relaxed and happy he is a few minutes before the biggest fight of his life. Mm -hmm. um, I mentally cut a little bit different. And then the fight came, like, I was... They introduced me to the ring. I didn't hear my music through the booze. Didn't hear my music through the booze. So I just had to walk when they said walk. Until I'd got in the ring, then I heard it. And, you know, walking around the ring, very confident. Then he came out and it was like, he's like a hero. Like, it was unbelievable. Um, but, you know, like, I, that didn't phase me at all. Went out and, like, our plan was get through the first five... And then, you know, get to like round seven, eight, start pushing it because he's never been to them rounds, them later rounds and finished dry. Had it in the tank. Like I've done 10 rounds lots of times at good paces. Now he set an unbelievable pace. I won the first round. So I've managed to look back at the scorecards. I won the first round. One judge gave me round seven or I think maybe two judges gave me round seven, something like that. So I was always, I was losing, but I was always in the fight. But we got through the first half of the fight, which was tick mm -hmm. whilst winning around as well um, and then although he's a big puncher and stuff and he set a hell of a pace there was not any times I was in a lot of trouble he caught you some big shots but you he didn't did. you didn't look like like phased no, at all no right? so I got to show I had a big heart and a good chin um, in my head before round eight when I got like the injury or whatever if you was to say you was going to get stopped in a round or two's time, I wouldn't have even believed you because I was getting through it no problem. Uh, got through the first half of the fight, then I had a good round seven, so everything's going to plan for me. Although I'm losing, everything's sort of like our plan's going to plan. And then midway through round eight, so it wasn't a body shot that would wind me, go down. He hit me about 30 seconds before I went down. And it was on the hip bone. So it's still a legal shot. It wasn't like low enough to be like low blow. But it was right on the bone. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, wow, something's happened here. And then about 30 seconds later, after a few more times on that spot, he obviously knew he hurt me. Uh, I went down, like my whole leg 
gave in, so I couldn't put no weight on my leg. I couldn't throw my right arm, so it was surviving. Went down, got up, the bow went, went back to the corner, limped back to the corner, like defenceless at this point, really. And I, like, I told my dad, and my dad was prepared to pull me out there and then. I kind of pleaded with my dad a little bit, like, I wasn't in trouble before this, Dad, so let me just survive, let me get through the fight. Um, things are going to plan. Give me the chance, give me a chance. He was like, yeah, okay. Um, got up, the bell went, he came towards me, hit me in that same spot, and I've never felt a pain like it. Like, bear in mind, this is the the biggest punch in welterweight on record at the moment. Um, him hitting me in an already injured spot. What a weird spot to aim for. Right on the bone. And then, like, so all of my ligaments on my hip bone just went, like, shad. He, he hit so hard. And um, I got up, I said to the ref, I'll carry on. I showed a lot of art, really. And then about 20 seconds later is when my dad got up and... Um, it was the right thing to do. Right thing, I was defenceless and it was only going to go one way. And But that, in that 20 seconds of me saying to the ref, I'm all right to carry on to when it gets stopped. It felt like 20 seconds. It was probably about five seconds. But, um, he didn't actually catch me. He was coming to finish off, but he didn't catch me at that point. But it was only a matter of time. It could have been a lot worse. Now... Um, I couldn't even get out of the ring afterwards because leaning down, it was hard. I couldn't, I had to get assisted out of the ring. But then as I was walking back to the change rooms, I got like a stand innovation from the crowd, people asking for pictures on my way out. So I got booed coming to the ring. I got cheered coming out through a loss. Um, you know, so I made a lot of people back home proud. And I, like, I'm proud of myself. For, if I was to go there and get stopped in two or three rounds, which a lot of people thought, then okay, right, but I didn't. I exceeded a lot of people's expectations of me. I showed a lot more to the Michael McKinson armour than anyone's ever known. Um, and, and yeah, like I got a lot of praise, uh, praise and recognition from it. Then I went back to the changing rooms, had a little bit of a cry, like my first loss and all that, had a shower and then they said, do you want to do the post-fight press conference? But you know what? You don't have to do it. We'll understand if you don't want to do it, but the offer's there. Most people wouldn't, especially after their first loss. I was, and I said, no, I'll do it. And I think the fact that I said, no, I'll do it, and I went out and I still gave time to all of the media and Golden Boy and things like that and spoke wow, only benefited me. Everyone, like, I haven't heard one negative comment about the Texas trip, like, we left with nothing but praise, credit and recognition. Um, so, yeah, it was all good. It was, like, bittersweet. Although I took my first loss, that's the only negative about the whole experience. Mm -hmm. um, but even then, you look at your net worth as a, yeah. as a professional yeah. and that must have shot right up. Your name that night, obviously yeah. taking him the furthest he's ever been. I remember watching it. It was, like, what, 3, 4 a.m. Yeah. Uh, in the UK. I was absolutely shattered. I had it on my phone. I, was like, I had like one eye open. I was like cheering you on that. I thought your footwork was brilliant. Yeah. I thought that was sharp, nice. But then when he caught you later on, I thought it was just the accumulation of shots he had landed earlier yeah. got the better of you because I couldn't really tell watching. Yeah. Um, but I never noticed it was your hip. Yeah, so a lot of people wouldn't really un until I'd like say it afterwards because it looked like he caught me with a body shot and I went over, which he did, but it wasn't a body shot that would wind me I took all of his body shots all night and his jabs to the his straights to the body were big shots I took them all night no problem his head shots 
took them no problem. Um, was you rocked at any point? No, I think in one of the early rounds, it looks it on the video, but there was never a time I thought, oh, I'm in trouble here. Mm -hmm. um, I earned his respect straight away, won the first round and won it on the front foot against Ortiz, really, the majority of the first round. Um, so I was never in trouble until my hip went. What would you do differently if you fought him next time? Um, Camp, the whole preparation, everything, how would you approach it? The whole preparation, I would maybe have a little bit longer to prepare. Um, but there's not a lot I would do different, you know? Maybe more heavy sparring partners. I had a couple, Troy Williamson and stuff, but I'd have more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot my dad would probably change. But in terms of me, that was the best Michael McKinson so far. Um, you know, I stepped up a lot of levels, took from the likes of Congo and Ronowski or whoever I fought to Ortiz, and I didn't look out of place. Eddie Earn gave me a voice note later that night. It would have been morning over here and said, I made everyone proud. I didn't look out of place at the high level and I've proved I'm a world-class fighter, so it's great. Like... When I fought in LA in, in March, and when I walked to the ring, it was special because although everything that happened with the Ortiz pullout, I still got to fight, and I still got to be the first Portsmouth pro ever to fight in the States. That was special. But when I walked to the ring in, in Texas, headlining a, a Golden Boy show, in my head I was thinking, the amount of people back home that have woke up at four in the morning to watch me, like... The undercard was great as well. The undercard was great, but I could feel... The, the city of Portsmouth behind me. And they weren't, they weren't there, but I could feel everyone awake, not just Portsmouth, the UK, um, to watch me. And I, I, like, I was so proud. It's my proudest moment uh, in boxing is, is fighting Ortiz, um, walking to the ring, headlining a, a Golden Boys show, because I've come from the very bottom of professional boxing. Now I fought in a world title eliminator, WBA world title eliminator, headlining a big Golden Boy show with a huge undercard in Texas against Virgil Ortiz. So um, looking back on it, I'm very proud of what I've done this year, but I'm not satisfied. I've took my first loss. Now it's time to maybe, if I've got to have a rebuild fight, get me out as soon as possible. Before we go any further in the podcast, I would just like to thank the proud sponsors of Not Just Boxing. Not Just Boxing is proudly sponsored by Titan Boxing. Titan Boxing is a UK fast-growing boxing business. They do personalised gloves, pads, T-shirts, everything. They've got UK free shipping. Go check them out with the link on screen. Gymfluencers.com are proud sponsors of Not Just Boxing. They are the premier health and fitness website. There you can find supplement discount codes, freebies, giveaways, a macro calculator. There's all sorts on there. So go check them out at gymfluencers.com or check out their at on Instagram at gymfluencers.official. When do you want to be out? It's time's pushing it now. Every day, like I said, I want before Christmas, and that's still the target, mm. even if it's just a six or eight rounder. Um, I'd love to be out before Christmas, get a win, really close to, like, close to home, as close to home as possible, because I owe it to my supporters. It's been three years, but I don't know when this will go out, but... Hopefully I'm going to release this Sunday. Right, okay, this so Sunday. hopefully I'll have news by then, but if not, definitely early next year. Um, a big 2023. You know, I want to keep the ball rolling and keep the momentum and, and all everything that I've experienced this year, 
I want to just build on that. Um, I'm still, I'm, e I'm in an even better position now than what I was before my loss. Yeah. If that makes sense, because it was, my stocks rose from that so much. And, you know, I'm lucky, you know, I'm lucky to have the team around me, the support around me. Um, and I'm in a great position. So the, the future's still exciting. Yeah, I spoke with a few friends. I said, I've got Mikey on again. You got any questions? And there was a few, but it, we, I didn't know how it was going to go. Of course, it was how are you going to take your first loss? Yeah. But how you've had a loss as a pro is completely different mm. to so many others. Like yeah. your loss has been your biggest win as a pro. Yeah. And the way you're seeing it is, is brilliant. So that's sort of out of the way. Um, yeah. How do you handle going back to normal everyday life after headlining a Golden Boy show. Yeah. Something that obviously as a kid you probably dream of. You've just lived your dreams. Yeah. You know, yeah, you come short, but you took yeah. Virgil Ortiz, the furthest he's ever been. And how do you go from that to then shopping in Tesco's and, yeah. you know, taking the, oh, I saw you went to Disneyland recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah. how do you come back? How do you get back grounded so quick? Is it? I think because I came from humble beginnings, and my dad's my trainer and my brother, so we're in a very close-knit, grounded group. That keeps me grounded anyway. You know, I'm still the same person. I still have the same friends. I still do the same things. Like, over the last 18 months, obviously, my life has changed, especially this year, but I'm still the same person like, like I was before all of these big fights. Um, and a lot of people tell me that as well, how grounded I am. Uh, Did you not find it hard to adjust then when you come back and it was back, back to normal? You know, there's no camp? No, not really. I, I booked a nice holiday. Uh, I went to Miami and Vegas, like dream how, holiday. How was that? Great, it's dream holiday for me. Um, then I, me and my, obviously my brother's just won the English title. Um, so me and him took our daughters and our younger sister to to Disneyland last week, like Paris. So I've had a good, couple of nice holidays this year. I've had some really nice holidays, but it's all learnt. But I still do the same things. Like, before all of this, I go to quiz night locally with my friends a mm -hmm. couple of nights a week Where at? to socialise. I'll do a couple. There's loads. I could, like, if I had it my way, I'd go every night of the week because I'm, like, a bit of a geek. But um, when was our last one? We was actually at Drift Quiz last night. Is that Palmerston Road? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Did you win? win? I won on Sunday. I'm really good, but I haven't won for a while. There's a lot of good... So we play individually. Ah, so we so don't no play teams. as part of a team. They are teams, but us group that go, there was arguments a few years ago, so we ended up started playing on our own. We go together, sit on the table, because it's a, we do the smartphone quizzing, not the pen and paper ones. Mm -hmm. So it's really good fun. Is there room for cheating on that? No, on the, on the paper ones there probably is, but the smartphone one, you can't really cheat, mm -hmm. which is better. Yeah. Um, out of all my friends, I'm statistically by far the best quizzer. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I'm How on. many of you go? We've got a little group of about five, six, maybe not all of us will go at the same time, but yeah about that, that many we've got a good little group so I still do the same things as what I did mm -hmm. like when I was a no one you know I've still got the same friends I still do the same stuff and just you, lot, you're financially stable now I'm financially stable I've, I've got um, probably more people that know who I am <laughs> you know and yeah my life's good but I'm still the same person 
Nah, that's nice. And uh, moving on to your brother for a bit. Yeah. Obviously, the English title. Yeah. What a great night that was. He's the superstar call. at the minute, mate. <laughs> he is. He, he boxed yeah. brilliantly. Um, he could have put him out of there. He could well. have. I could, he could have. But you know what? I think I spoke to him and that afterwards. There was a round or two that he tried pushing it on the guy, which he could have. Pro if he forced it, he could have stopped the guy. But he would have got caught doing it. The way he was boxing was so good and so... It was very one-sided. Yeah, convincingly. I think that's why he thought you know, he's just going to carry on. It was a very disciplined, which for Lucas, the camp he had was super disciplined compared, not as in disciplined, getting up and doing the training, because he, he works very hard, we both do, but the way he listened to my dad, the sparring he had was very disciplined, like doing specific things in the sparring, um, in the fight as well, because Lucas is, is a bit of a fiery character, and the way he spars normally is not the way he fought that fight the other day. I was a lot of people were surprised. Like he was a better boxer than me, hmm. you know. Like more skillful and, and at times than me. And I'm the boxer of the family. He was he's normally aggressive. So um, yeah, I'm really happy for him. We both turned pro, and I've said loads of times we both turned pro. I was 2014. He was about six months later. I had my debut in the October. He had his debut in the March. So we turned pro more or less the same year. What were your goals as a family back then when you were I signing I, over? So when I, turned, when I was an amateur, me personally, I never won one national title, but I was good. And it, like, I deserved to win like, a few national titles, but I never did. So as a pro, there wasn't a lot of people that thought I would go anywhere and win anything. But I did think I'd win something whether that be a Southern area or English or, or something along them lines, I surpassed that straight away. Like my first title was the WBC Youth, which it was a title that Canelo had, Tim Bradley had, um, all stuff like that, like six years before me. And I won that on the road in Swindon. Um, so I've, I've won good bouts and I've had, like, especially since the Congo win. But Lucas, who's just as good as me, got great potential He's had bad luck, mm -hmm. fight pullouts, and he's had to watch me have more success uh, and all stuff like that. But he's just as good as me, you know? So I, I was so happy that he finally got what he deserved for a long time the other day. Now he's got a little bit of momentum. It was his first fight in a year, and he, he won it so one-sided. You wouldn't think so. No, and um, so now he's got, he's got something now. It's his first title, I believe, first of many. Um, for him now, I just want him to keep the ball rolling and, and you know, have a big 2023. Uh, How many times do you have to defend it to keep it? Is it twice? That's, no, you have to defend... So he won the English, but the British title, mm -hmm. you have to dis defend three times to keep it outright. I think the English title, you just keep anyway. Oh, that's but, good. Yeah, but the only problem is, Lucas won it, what, three weeks ago? Yeah, oh, he's still not got it, he's is he? He's still not got his belt. <sighs> it's, and it's... I think like the promoters should have been a bit more like they knew well in advance there was an English title for months. Um, but because Lucas and the guy he fought weren't promoted by the promoters that put the show on, I didn't think they had a, a lot of care in it, if I'm honest. Um, the co-main events got their belts. Exactly. And, you know, Lucas was the main event and they didn't have an English title belt. I think that was ridiculous. Um, not very fair at all, but, you know... Me and Lucas have had it hard in our old career and not many people favoured us and respected us and we've had to go out and earn it the hard way. So, 
You know, he'll get his belt soon, however long they want to take to send it out. Then he can start having pictures with it and stuff because at the minute he's not had one picture with his English title. That is shattering. Yeah. That's, uh, to be honest, that's like you go to an amateur show, you're guaranteed something. Yeah. Like to yeah. be headlining for an English title and to win it and to not yeah. have a belt, that's, that's shocking. Now, I know the promoters were blaming the border control, but it was the promoter's fault. It was because they had so much time to say at, like, and stuff like this. It was um, what, three months? It was Yeah, because he was originally fighting somebody else. So, yeah, you shouldn't be blaming other people because it was the promoter's fault, but it is what it is. Yeah. Lucas got out, he got the win. That's all uh, that matters. That's all that matters, and now we move on. Yeah. Um, so what's what's his plan? Is he is he ticking over now? Does I'm he want to sure. well, defend it? Maybe. Well, we was loving life in Paris last week, Disneyland. <laughs> Were there drinks involved? No, not for me because I'm I'm planning on trying to get something. Uh, so not for me. But um, how are you looking weight wise? Do you know what? I'm a lot lighter than uh, now. Obviously, I'm still a big welterweight, but I'm lighter now than what I was eight weeks out for Ortiz. I was quite heavy eight weeks out. I had two stone to lose wow. for the Ortiz one. Um, I'm about a, I'm about a stone and a half out from welterweight. But you know, if I have, it depends what weight my next fight's going to be at. If like if it's not a, for a title or a championship, I may not fight at one four seven. You know, so. Um, that's not an issue. Uh, what weight's Troy? He, he sits a bit heavier than you, didn't he? And he Williams, fights, yeah. Yeah, so he's... Because he's fighting Josh Kelly in December. Yeah, so he's super welter, but he's a very big super welter. He wouldn't be he wouldn't be walking around near fight weight at all. Yeah, <laughs> that's because I was wondering, he's like, when you, when you look at him, obviously, and called the Trojan, you do yeah. wonder. Yeah, just, he's a big guy. He big, strong guy he is. Um, what do you reckon's going to happen with him and Josh? That's a great I fight. I think it will be a... A fight or two halves, possibly. Um, Josh is a great... I've sparred both of them. Josh is probably one of the most talented fighters that I've sparred. But he hasn't really shown his potential in his fights. Um, you know, like, although his, his one loss was Avenesian, he boxed amazing for three or four rounds. Then fell apart. Um... You know, so I think, I think he will. there was underlying problems before that as well. Obviously, he's not yeah. going to have any excuses. But, but I don't even his wins, he hasn't looked amazing. Early on, when he first turned pro, when it, but like he hasn't looked great. It, like I've sparred him; he's a great fighter. Like, I'm, like he's a very talented fighter. But you know, I think the fight will go. Josh Kelly will definitely get a lead early on. Like, like he'll definitely get a lead early on. Now it's how he finishes the fight because Troy Williamson will be there, will be aggressive, will be trying the whole way through. Um, so it's down to Josh to not fall apart um, because Troy is very big. He's strong. Well, you see him knock out Cheeseman. Mm -hmm. Josh that, Kelly's that a lot. a great knockout. Yeah, and Cheeseman, he's been in some wars as yeah, well. Yeah, but like he's known as being hard as nails and... Fight of the year contenders. Yeah, so I don't know how that fight will go. I'll sit, I've sparred them both. Uh, I do, do you like think Troy. it would go, go to a decision? Yeah, I think so. Um, I've, I've, I have sparred them both. I do like Troy. Um, he really did help me out 
for the although I sparred him just three days in a row, that was great rounds. Um, and I sparred Josh, I think two or three times in the past. I actually sparred him this year. Um, but yeah, like where was that? Was that in uh, at Adam Booth's yeah. gym? In yeah, I was actually sparring one of his teammates, Abbas Baru, for the Fest Ortiz fight that got cancelled. Great rounds with him, like great sparring. And at then, Booth gym as well. Yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden. We didn't go there to spar Josh because he's got a complete opposite style of what I needed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I get told to come out of this ring to go in another j- ring and like, spar him a few rounds. But I've sparred him a few times in the past. And he, like I said, he's very talented. What um, are their strengths? So when you look at both of them in terms of styles, would you say? I think Josh's skill set surpasses most at super weight. He's got a great skill set. It's very flashy. I think he admires it a little bit too much, but... Um, his skill set is great. Troy is hard as nails. He's big. He's big. He'll he'll make whoever he fights feel every single. But I reckon he rehydrates a lot after mm-hmm. after a fight. Um, and he's strong. Um, he's rough. Stuff like that. So how I think the fight will go, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know that Josh will probably get a lead early on. Has how Josh it, got the power to keep him at bay? It doesn't seem like it. Like he's a big guy himself. You see him at Wattway, he's big. I've never seen Josh in person, so Oh yeah, I sparred him when I sparred him this year he looked massive. Um but Troy's naturally a big guy. Um so I don't know. I know that Josh will get a lead early on, I think. Um but it depends how it happened in the mid rounds, late rounds, and Troy is definitely capable of of making it rough and having having his advantages in the fight and doing what he does to get it done. So if I had, if I had to put my last pound on it, I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair to us. I I hate betting on fights when I want to enjoy it. Like I feel like betting can really take the fun out of something. Um, Next question, obviously, L Spence Crawford today. It's fallen through. Yeah. Do you know, you probably know more about it than me. Maybe I've only seen it for Instagram. When I was over in Texas, Crawford was there. I actually spoke with Crawford and stuff. Um, How was that? Oh, it's great, but I kind of... Was you sizing him up? Yeah. No, I was kind of in the zone. He actually approached me, asked me how I was feeling for the fight and all stuff like that. Um, and there was talk that it was going to happen. We all thought that fight was going to happen. What, the date was set? Like, and um, I don't know. At that level, it's very hard to come to agreements on this and that I don't know um, but, but seen... David Evanissian also fell through with um, obviously when you took Virgil Ortiz, Ortiz. so it seems to be a but recurring you're seeing t- today Evanissian is fighting Crawford yeah so was it today I see it this morning yeah I saw it today um, but Evanissian was due to fight a guy called John Miguez who I've actually sparred in Spain for the European title now if he fights Crawford for the world title He's got to vacate as European. I'm in the top five for the European. I don't know, but I don't know how it how it all works in politics, you know. But yeah, so that's ruined that John Miguez. Mm. I don't know what his plans are. Well, surely he would fight. He would be fighting for the mandatory European yeah, but instead. He is the mandatory, so he'd have to fight Vacated the number two, though. which yeah. is Conor Ben. <laughs> it won't be him. <laughs> so, well, are you ready to talk about that one? Yeah, mate. Like. 
there's a lot of people that are tiptoeing around the fact and they don't really want to give their opinion um, because nothing's came out. But the fact of the matter is he's been tested positive for traces of a drug that you take after a steroid cycle to... Yeah, so, like, that's no secret. Like, people that know, know. Mm. So I know they're investigating and there's probably a lot of legal matters and lawyers and, you know, and, like, involved. And surely this four-year four ban that they're talking about, it would have happened by now, wouldn't it? Yeah. I've got a funny feeling he may get away with it. And I don't know the ins and the outs and, and stuff like that, but how I see it is... It's a drug that you take after a steroid cycle to keep the testosterone in, but flush everything else out. Yeah. Now, people have told me that, like, take steroids. So, uh, like, that is what it is. Proof's in it. And when you go from struggling against journeymen a few years ago... To, to knocking to... out world, former world champions in, within two years. Mm -hmm. People do ask, ask that. But at the top level... There's a lot of people that they're speculating they're on it. Ortiz people speculate is. Mm -hmm. And I remember I did the urine test, the drugs test before the in the change rooms before the Ortiz fight. And how every drug test I've ever done, it's always been urine. I've never had bloods except from like um, so fight ones. It's always been urine. And do they watch you piss? Yeah. They have to watch. Yeah. They have to watch everything happen. So when I arrived at the venue for Ortiz. Um, went into the change rooms. The drugs test guy came in, went to the toilet with him, and so Ortiz would be, would have been doing it in the other room. Now this guy, a Mexican guy, turned away and let me do it all myself. Gave me privacy. Of all my other ones, there's no privacy involved. And in my head, I was thinking, God, they're giving Ortiz privacy in the other room. It know? must be, yeah. But I think. But main event. That's shocking. Yeah. The the exposure Ben's had, it's a shame that we're making a meal out of him when, yeah. when other fighters are obviously on it. Yeah, there's 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 lots that get away with it. Um But still being say. being caught twice with two tests yeah. Yeah. Uh, with this drug, um there is no getting out of it. There there isn't. Well we I guess only time only time we'll see. Uh, <laughs> what, in terms of the cover up. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like why is the B sample not being released? I don't know. I don't know. And I remember when it was all happening, that fight week, I started like trying to educate myself because there was people that wanted to speak to me about my opinion and stuff. And there's a lot of people that still don't want to say their opinion. Mm -hmm. um, Your phone must go off every fight week when it's, when it's yeah. interested with you. Yeah. Um, I don't mind speaking about my rivals like Conor Ben and stuff when I don't have a fight coming up. Because when I, did, I remember I did an interview, I don't know if it was... It was one of the boxing channels. And it was a few weeks before the biggest fight of my life. And don't get me wrong, they asked me about Conor Ben and like, it must have been Ben and Eubank or, or whoever. Um, and then they posted and they captioned it, nothing about me versus Ortiz. It was about Conor Ben, like what I said about Conor Ben. And I found that so offensive because it was a few weeks out from the biggest fight of my life and they couldn't even caption it anything about things. So I went onto Twitter. Everybody's clicking on it, like, completely agree, Mike. Like, and then they, the boxing channel, um, 
took it straight down, recaptioned the whole thing and stuff, you know? So I don't mind talking about it because it's a relevant thing. Like, especially when I ain't got a fight, I don't mind talking about it. But when I do have a fight, if they ask me, if people ask me questions about Conor Ben, I'll answer. But, you know, the relevant thing is my fight. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. Yeah. When, when you've been on the podcast in the past, there's no way I'm asking you about other people. Mm. Like obviously, right now you yeah. haven't got a fight booked, so I'm really happy yeah. to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. But we've had what two other podcasts, and I'm not going to mention it. Yeah. But uh, you see, when I was um, see you at your call the other day, and I did lots of interviews and stuff. It was the main thing was the Conor Ben one with all of these people, and I remember saying like. Before we get out, let's get the Conor Ben thing out of the way first and then we can speak about me. Mm -hmm. I said to one of the people interviewing me, but uh, I guess it's one of them. We're the top two waterweights in the UK. I can't not, I can't walk down through Commercial Road in Portsmouth without somebody mentioning, one, when's the Fratton Park? Two, when's the Conor Ben fight? I can't do it. So, so yeah, it's always going to be a thing. Um... But it's one of them. Now, within the last year, my name's getting mentioned like when in in, is it in his interviews, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. just I guess you've got to take it like that. But in terms of the drug testing, when you are a clean athlete, yeah, and you're hoping other people are being clean, yeah. the way the promoters have a handle on the drug testing with UCAD and how there's loopholes with VADA not yeah. not having sanctions with all of these things being exposed recently how do you feel for your own safety let's say let's say you fight ortiz again for a belt in two years you got a rematch yeah and he's been blasting steroids everything and you know things can happen i want more like now that i've kind of got a little bit of of a platform and a little bit of say in negotiations of like future fights i want more testing and I want things to be a lot more tighter in the, in the sport in general. Um, what would you do personally? I know that UCAD are a lot more lenient on certain things. I know VADA, you could accidentally take, I don't know, who was it? Somebody got banned for an energy drink once and like they shouldn't take, I think some like Lemsip type stuff and like you, you got to be very on the ball, yeah. but. Well, I've got you uh, some Simproof. Yeah, yeah. And you <laughs> were like, does... I hope there's no clomiphene yeah. in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned this morning, I said like it's things like batch tested, okay to take, but um, you have got to be on the ball and like, if you don't want to educate yourself on what you can and what you can't, because it can get very, very complex and hard to understand you still got to have the responsibility of somebody to tell you and trust somebody to tell you what you can and what you can't. Um, but there was an interview of Conor Ben again saying, I can't even take multivitamins yeah. uh, years ago without his nutritionist getting annoyed. So uh, he's been cautious of it. Yeah. And for him to be blasted with this, it's it's so obvious. And I, I believe innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. But he's been proven guilty twice. Yeah. And people are tiptoeing. And yeah. it's thing- still... But, you know, like, even if it's a case of, like, most boxers are quite, like, for me, for example, when my nutritionist gives me a diet, I'll just tell him to tell me what to eat and I'll do it. I don't educate myself. I don't um, ask questions and stuff like that. So some boxers are like that. So if his doctor has given it to him and he's just none the wiser, then fair play. But it's still his responsibility. He still should get a ban, you know? Um... I think you would know what you're taking with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. But what supplements do you take? 
Oh wow, this is another thing. If Manu, if Greg was here right now, he'd be able to reel them all, all off to mm-hmm. to me. But what do I, you know off the top of your head? What do I know? Glucosamine sulfate, um, beta alanine. Uh, I take clear protein. I, uh, What's that? I not say a protein shake, but I get bad belly from some protein shakes. So I just with a with a. Um, Clear protein, it's like juice. It's just easier for, like when I'm in a fight, and not, mm-hmm. like for example, if I get a bad belly, and I like in camp, I don't want that, do I? Yeah. So, um, have you tried vegan protein, like raw sport? Because mm, there's not I really many know. chemicals in them. Um, Maybe, uh, but at the moment, I've been on clear protein. Um, I'm on quite a few. There's probably more than ten supplements I take like, uh-huh. as it gets do you, closer. Do you space them throughout the day? So I've got, you know, like a. Um, you're like an old man. Old man box. With, with, yeah, with that. But I've got one of them boxes, which yeah. makes it a lot easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, vitamin D, is that in there? Vitamin D I take. Yes. Especially uh, being a British citizen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been away quite a lot this year, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> take but, that one out. Yeah, but no, there's there's quite a few that I take. Um, like the omega uh multivitamins, all stuff like that. But everything I take, I do not take without... Uh, the opinion of the guy that looks after me, mm-hmm. um, anything you know. So, so that's even like, CBD can be dodgy, can't it? Yeah, yeah. I've um, some can, some can't. You just got to be on on it like mm-hmm. like, like that. Um, Do you know much about your gut health? You know the thing that I got you, um, and what it does. Not a lot. That's why I asked questions this morning. So, mm-hmm. um, so. Long story short, you've got kilograms of bacteria in your gut, yep. kilos of it. And yep. when it's bad and it goes into your intestines and other things, it can really affect your hormones and everything right. else. It can affect weight loss, your mood. Right, um, okay. It's huge. In terms of when you look at health in general, if you've got bad gut health, like you're saying, when you've got a bad stomach after having the processed yeah. protein shakes, yeah. um, that's going to do you a world of bad with loads of little knock-on effects. Yeah, yeah. So this thing is take a little shot every morning. I've been doing it for like six weeks now. Okay. Um, I'm not saying I feel like a Superman, but... Um, you look great. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> my skin's glowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just something to add to your arsenal, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, they seem like a good company. So fingers crossed you'll, you'll like it. And yeah. they'll probably hook you up okay. anyway, being, yeah, yeah. Uh, being the best welterweight, clean welterweight in the country. Best natural 147 in the country. <laughs> you should put that as your bio. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, I should. Maybe that'll start... That's like a little dig. Yeah. I might actually do that. You know what? I'm going to do it straight after this. That's going in my bio. See, like, I love Eddie Hearn, right? I still believe he's one of the best promoters. Yeah. But how he handled it, mm. it was so sad to see. Like, just the, the way he was really holding on to it and how it was never... It was only leaked, obviously, in the press. But the way he handled it when it was exposed yeah. and how he was I think covering was, himself. What it is... Like Eddie Earn changed my life. Like Jarby, he changed my life. So I got nothing but good, good words for him. But I think, could you imagine being a promoter, and the money all, the, on the all line. this happened within forty-eight hours when there was meant to be a show that week. But he so, knew for he knew for weeks, yeah. and he and he kept it under the carpet. Yeah, he knew for two weeks. Yeah, he, yeah, they did. But 
I think the amount of stress, I just think nobody had time to think. Like, within that 48 hours, I had to start educating myself. So I started going on to, like, um, listening to podcasts on Twitter and stuff like this because I had no clue what was going on. Don't think, I don't think a lot of people did at first. A lot of people did at first. It was a, I think it was a, cra- it was a crazy four hours for the, uh, 48 hours for the boxing world. Mm-hmm. L- like, it lit it, up, though. Yeah, crazy. That's what I'm saying. It was crazy. So you could just imagine the people involved. Like, I'm just, I'm so gutted. I don't think Conor Ben should have came out and like made a statement there and then at the public workout at all. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised he turned up. Yeah, there was um, a lot of shambles that went on that made boxing as a sport look a joke. Yeah. It, it was an embarrassment for boxing that week. It really was. And when you see how good the UFC's doing, yeah, and then the following week you saw the boxer show breaking records, all women's show, oh, two million viewers. Oh, that was unbelievable. Shout out, yeah. Unbelievable that was. Ben Shalom is like, yeah, he's, it was, he's it doing It was a great bits. show. Out of all of the shows this year, that was the one I was looking forward to the most mm-hmm. and it did not disappoint. Like, the main event was great. The chief support was a great fight. Like, I think the... Did you think the decision was wrong? With... Um... I'd, so I was in a group chat and we were, I had to uh, turn the commentary off after round six because it was very biased because how I was seeing the fight was not how the commentators were seeing the fight. That's the worst. Now, in our, me and my brother had done the same. We wasn't with each other. We both had it one round either way, whatever it went, and we'd see it like that. I had Michaela Mayer by, by a round. My brother mm. had Baumgartner by a round. But it was by a round. You wouldn't have argued with anything. Mm-hmm. But if you listen, if you listen to it without the commentary, if you watched it without the commentary, uh, I did go on Twitter and say the commentary was awful and stuff like that. But I just thought it was very one-sided commentary. Um, that seems to be a regular. Like, I'm a for big home fan fighters. of Bam Gardner. I think she's like. Why is that? Great fighter. Um, she is not boring inside and outside of the ring. Uh, you know her knockout against Terry Harper is when everyone first see her. Yeah. Um, and to knock out Terry Harper yeah. is, is sensational. And obviously, with Michaela Mayer's experience, a great amateur pedigree, um, you know, like unbeaten, well, she was unbeaten and stuff. I always root for the underdog anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so I, do I. Yeah, so I, I put an actual bet on. Uh, I only put a tenner on, but it was on a double. It was on Clarissa Shields and Baumgartner, both to win on points. Mm-hmm. I've got 130 back. <laughs> That's not bad, is yeah. it? Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so I wasn't arguing with that decision at all. Yeah, I um, noticed when I called Clarissa Shields to win by unanimous decision yeah. before, uh, when I mentioned it like a week before and when they previously was meant to yeah. fight, um, everyone was like, no, you're talking, you're talking rubbish. Yeah. Just being in the UK and having UK media warp your perception. Yeah. When, when you see Clarissa Shields box in the past, she is sensational. Yeah. And... When when you want to compare her to someone like Savannah Marshall, there are levels, yeah. and I know Marshall can bang. But I think Marshall, I think the the run she's had's been great, and she's like getting rid of a point which you don't see in girls boxing. Mm. She like not knocking people out and stuff like that. So she's done very well. But Clarissa Shields is the quote, isn't she? Although she's held a, a win over a seventeen year old Clarissa Shields, like, and what I think is, but Shields won everything Shields, in the amateurs. Yeah, Shields can rise to the occasion as well. Like them first four or five rounds were unbelievable. Marshall came back into the fight and there were some rounds that were very close, but 
the close rounds could have gone either way. It was just the, the first four was so wide. I think it was an unbelievable performance by Shields. And that's the reason they do call her the GOAT. Like, really. I've met her before, actually. And that she, um, she was ringside uh, when I beat the guy from Argentina in York Call, the unbeaten guy from Argentina. What was she doing in York Call? She was over here probably doing a bit of media. I don't know. She was over here, but she was actually ringside. And then I don't really get pictures with people like at shows and stuff like that. But I got a picture of her, like, like great fighter, best. I know there's the argument her or Katie Taylor, they're both unbelievable and what they've done for, like, female boxing over the last few years has gone from average to amazing. Like, and 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 they're the female fights are always better to watch that than most of the men's fights, I believe. And it, Do you think that's because of the two-minute rounds as well? Yeah, I'd prefer the two-minute rounds for them. Mm, that's a big that a, debate. Yeah, that's a, it's a, a faster pace, more exciting pace for them, non-stop action. I'd like to see maybe a 12 twos, mm -hmm. but I prefer the twos over threes. I don't think it'd be the same, personally. Um, but yeah, like female boxing is on such a high at the minute, and it's Katie Taylor and... and shields that have paved the way mm -hmm. um i just think it's amazing and, and to have that show in the uk like the top two fights three of them were from america and they came over to here like unbelievable unbelievable like what would you say i know i shouldn't really compare this would you say madison square garden katie taylor amanda serrano or clarissa shields savannah marshall in in the uk what would you say was the better show oh I would probably say the one last week. What would you say? It's it's hard to say. I'd probably Every, say, last, I think last week I was more excited for yeah, it. Yeah, I was, yeah. I, like, just because just it was in England as well. There's something about, like like you said, yeah. you want to fight in England mm. next. There's something about shows in the UK that you feel much more of a buzz. Like, it's good in the US, but when I'm up at 3am, 4am, yeah, yeah. like, I'm, my energy's not there. I'm used to getting up at 5 for a run or whatever anyway. Yeah. So to stay up all night and then... And then you can't... If you want to go back to sleep afterwards, you can't. Oh, it ruins That's the you. worst, isn't yeah. it? When you've stayed up... Or even if you wake up to watch a big fight and then you want to get a few hours sleep before you start your day afterwards, you can't. Mm -hmm. um, that's the awful bit. But, uh, yeah, that was a great show last week. I looked forward to it for a while, I did, and it lived up to its, like, expectations, I, I believe. Think, yeah, exceeded it, Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, in terms of rematches, I think, give them a few more years, let Marshall go back, but, do her thing. But who could... Do you know, I don't think there's a bigger fight out there for Shields. But that's what I mean. If yeah. they had a rematch yeah, yeah. In, in a year or two, yeah. I think Savannah's still got room for improvement. Yeah. She's been improving on the job anyway. Because, yeah, yeah. um, obviously, Shields won everything as an amateur. She had, like, however many gold medals yeah. in the Olympics, in the, in the uh, US Games and that. But Savannah Marshall didn't, even though she got the win over Clarissa, yeah. she didn't really have that the amateur I was, presence. I was listening to a little bit. She used to, she was a didn't believe in herself as much as an amateur. Um, I'm still a massive Savannah Marshall fan, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I uh, am too. I've yeah, got respect for her. I love watching her fight. Um, the way she's just been knocking, you don't see that in girls boxing. Um, so heavy handed. Yeah, so heavy handed, but looks effortless. Not against Shields, but against the other opponents. It just looks effortless. Mm -hmm. 
so I'm still a big Savannah Marshall fan, but like what a performance and there's a reason why they call her the quote, isn't there? Like, yeah. So yeah. I've got uh, Ebony Jones on tomorrow. Oh yeah. And um, obviously she was on after the fight. I've still not seen her, her fight yet. Cause yeah. like, I think you commented on a post as well saying all the best fights are floaters. Or so, was it you or Lucas? It might have been maybe? my brother. Cause so we've got the same, like uh, uh, Gary Jones over at Lee Fitness is my brother, like has helped us out with SNC over the years. Trains Ebony as well, so same sort of S&C coach. Um, so, yeah. What's his but, name again, sorry? Oh. Gary Jones. Gary Jones, yeah. doing bits. So, yeah, so all like Lucas and like, I've not trained with him since my last fight because I've just been Enjoying recovering. Life. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, but, yeah, so we're all on the same sort of thing. But it's, it's, Lucas has been the float before and it was horrible. I would mm. never dream to be a float. yeah. Like, well, you said he was on after you, right? Yeah, after the main was, event, warming up for like five hours. Yeah, it was awful, and obviously no. But is what it is. Um, still early on in her career, uh, she had a great amateur pedigree, didn't she? So hopefully, she does really well in the pro game. Yeah. She, I know she trains very hard. Um, she had a lot of experience in the army as well, right? Yeah, Heart yeah. Portsmouth, and then the uh, the army for yeah, a few years. Uh, we our box were two of the same amateur clubs as her. So I remember her when she was younger, mm -hmm. me, Lucas. What clubs? She she started at Stacey. She actually started in, I think, in kickboxing. Mm. But then... Um, it's probably why her balance is yeah, so good. Uh, Stacey Club. And then I think like everyone moved over from Stacey Club to Hutter Portsmouth. Like, mm -hmm. So I, I boxed for all the amateur clubs in Portsmouth, I think, most of them. What was your favourite? <laughs> I don't, my favourite is the clubs that went out of the way, not just three times a week like for training, but there were certain coaches that would go out their way and would wake up in the morning and take you for sprints when you're like 15 and stuff. And like little things like that you remember. Like I, I ended my amateur career with Colin Hooker, so I always say he's my amateur coach. He's um, like money field, stuff like that. It was great to end it with him. Lucas was with him a bit longer. But then I had people like, when I boxed for Money Fields before and Stacey, a few of the parents, like my dad, uh, a lad called Sid Williams, his parent, Lee Williams, they like trained us outside of the gym like as well. So mm -hmm. on the extra days in the mornings, weekends, that sticks out for me. Um, even at Heart of Portsmouth, you know, unsung hero, I say, Paul Capnisi. So he was like the junior coach when we was there. And it was, there was a little group of us um, at the time, me, my mate Sam, who's still my mate, uh, Harley Ojits, uh, Mateus, who, who was there for a bit. Paul used to wake up, like, pick us up before school and college, take us for a run before he went to work. Now, little things like that, and like Lee Williams and stuff like that, goes unnoticed in the amateur game. If you mm -hmm. can do them little things, like, I, I, to this day, I still look back and think, like you're an amateur coach that does it for nothing and you, you're willing to go that one step further, do the extra stuff, like nothing but praise and credit to them. That's great. Not, not all amateurs do that. Amateur coaches do that. You know? Yeah, well, I've never been at a club where they've even offered that, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you ever want to give back? I would. I, I think after boxing, hopefully I've still got a long time left in boxing. Um, You've got a good five years. Yeah, yeah. These next five years are the important ones now. But... Um, I'd always stay into boxing somehow because, got to think, I was born into a boxing family. So 
everything I've ever known is boxing related. Um, like since very young. So has box- that affected your relationships where it's been boxing related, everything? It affected my childhood a bit. Obviously me and Lucas didn't have the average childhood as what most people had, you know, like we would finish school, not go out of our friends, finish school, have dinner and go training. Weekends, hill sprints, like, like, like from very young, hill sprints, running like butts a hill when we were like 13 and stuff. That was our childhood. There was times in our childhood that we thought we wanted to be a normal kid, like, mm-hmm. and we hated it. But then you look back at it and we're so blessed. Your dad saw the bigger picture. Yeah, we're so blessed to have the like that structure in our childhood and look where we are now. It's been all worth it. Um, so it definitely affected us having like a, a normal social childhood, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and obviously boxing's my life. So whatever relationships I, I've had over the years and, and now they know boxing is what earns me money. Like that's, that's my life. That, do you know what I mean? So it's never really affected anything any relationships or stuff like that's that. That's good. I didn't know if maybe you had any girlfriends that no. were like, hello, what about me? Whilst you were like training no. twice a day no. and um, asking her to get dinner they, on. They know what is the priority in life. Um, you know, I've invested a lot of years and it's all been worth it. Maybe it's affected like social lives. I ain't got the best social life because most of my life is isolated, being in camp and stuff like that. If you want to be great, you will never have that social life. No, exactly. So um, there's a lot of sacrifices to be made to be a successful boxer. But if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, you know? Everyone would be at the top, everyone would be champion. And I've sacrificed a lot, but from an early age. So everything, every bit of success now that I have is is worth it. It's not just what I've I've knuckled down for the last eight weeks before a fight. I've been competing 17 years. Mm-hmm. But I, like when I was an amateur, although I didn't win national titles, I wasn't like the normal other amateurs, which it's a hobby. You know, we were training most days of the week, me and Lucas. Like our dad was a boxing trainer, so we always had it hard from when we were young to now. Um, and now we're we're both flying. So, what would you say is your biggest strength? Mindset is the biggest strength I have. Obviously, I'm an awkward, tricky guy. I'm a right-handed southpaw, but I think a lot of it comes from if I didn't have the the solid mindset I've had and had to go on the road and fight and be doubted my whole career, I probably wouldn't be as successful as I have. Um, definitely, my mindset. Great chin. <laughs> uh, I speak well nowadays. I never spoke very well early on in my career. I was naturally a shy. How did, how did you learn that? The amount of things like this and and being in the public eye and having to do media and being put in. Like I still don't like press conferences. That scared me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I seem to speak well. Everyone says I speak well. So, um, But I was, it was never always like that. You can go onto YouTube and find my first ever boxing interview. I was about 3, 4 and 0. Oh. Um, it was my first fight in Portsmouth because my first four was in Belfast. You see me, I was a shell of myself now. I was like, literally getting my, like, getting my words mixed up and look really nervous in front of the camera. It's not the same person as what I am today. Naturally, I was very shy, anxious back then. I'm not now. Mm-hmm. So boxing gave you a lot of confidence. Oh, loads. L- loads. Um, like people don't see the, 
the guy, like people see a confident, mentally invincible guy, but it's not always been like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you're not the finished article as well. No, like you said you've got so many more years of improvement. You know what, Ash? I every camp I have, I get better and better. Like, like I said, that last fight was the best Michael McKinson. Every camp I learn more. I'm still learning. Um, you know, I add things to my team. I've only had a physio for the last three fights. That's been massive, like, difference to my team, you know? What, what's the physio done for you? Loads. Um, my physio, like, out in America, he's come out with me. Um, you know, he, like, especially every fight, like, I first see him with the Ranowski camp. I had an irritated rotator cuff, right? It was the first camp I worked with him. I couldn't throw my front hook for the whole camp. In the fight, I couldn't either. Did it a couple of times, but I started working with him about six weeks before the fight. So he, first of all, I didn't know what a rotator cuff was. Mm-hmm. No one's ever said, right, this is what's wrong with you. And then it like... How would you describe it then? When you had the pain, would you just say, oh, my shoulder hurts? Yeah, just I couldn't throw it. It really hurt. And um, But it's the stuff we do in between camps as well, which was so much important. So that one... In between camps, what we do fix you do my then? shoulder. You strengthen the shoulder? He, we have recovery. He, he gives me, like, we have different phases of camp. And then um, he gave me exercises to do and we worked on shoulder stuff after the fight as well. Does he do was, a lot of micro tears, a lot of small movements and rotations um, and resistance a lot, bands? A lot. He's a very smart guy. He's the smartest. I'd phys- love to get him on. Yeah, get him on. Like, he, he's great. Um, uh, he knows his stuff. And and when you've got somebody that knows your stuff, you just feel so much more confident in what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that camp. My next fight was the Martin camp, and there was a few little injuries afterwards, which worked on. Um, I'm no, although I'm only 28, I've done it a long time, and every fight gets harder and harder. Um, I'm thankfully I had my physio out in Texas with me, and he said about my hip and stuff. He had me in the pool the next morning. The morning after, hydropool. Uh, just the pool in the hotel because we had to work with what we'd done because uh, we was there three days after the fight, and they uh, gave me a few weeks off, and now we're back better than ever. You know, I'm, I'm, I've trained with him twice last week, twice the week before. Um, he gives me a lot. My physio does, and it's been a great addition to the team. Does he help you a lot with recovery in general? Yeah, with knowledge as well. So oh. much. So like I said, I've learned so much uh, since learn like working with him. What have you him. done since working with him? Then like more stretching, more oh loads more because I've had physios in the past, but they had not been physios which I know it's a structured plan um, and stuff like that. Not recovery, uh, strength stuff to to actually. Prevent injury? Prevent injury and, and like, um, help my injuries grow and stuff like that. Um, there's so much to it than just a sports massage, mm-hmm. um, which pe- people think, oh, physio is going for a sports massage. It's not. That's just a little bit of it. Um, I've seen some of the Instagram uh, videos and it, yeah. it looks decent. Get like, him on. The stuff, yeah, Get I him want, on. I want, he's a good character to. as well. Yeah. He's a good character as well. I'm hoping he can go into full geek detail yeah. and people can really listen to no, why he oh, does I sh- things. I sh- should have told him to come with me today. It would have been quite good. But um, yeah, he, he's a really knowledgeable guy and like a big addition to the team. Um, you know, I've got a great team around me. 
so I'm very lucky. Like it's not it's me putting the work in, mm-hmm. but they put a shift in too. Every single one of them, and don't really get a lot of acknowledgement. You know, I see it a lot on your on your socials. I try I, I think, to. I think yeah. they do. Um, yeah, all of them. I see the hard work they put in, mm. and that's just me watching as a fan. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's all good. Like now, it's just about the comeback. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the comeback. Now yeah. we're closing up. You want to box in England. Yeah. You're currently open talks with maybe fighting anywhere. You're not really tied down, right? No, uh, um, my I'm back being managed by my dad now. A little bit closer to home. I've I've done like people before me have done really well with me and stuff like that. But I feel like I'm at a time in my career where how many years left have I got? Um, and you know, being closer to home, like as in like being managed, I'll, I'll know a little bit more about what's happening and, and stuff like that. So, uh, and obviously my dad's always going to have my best interests at heart. So it's about what we get offered. Now I, I want to fight closer to home. Like I said earlier, um, even if it's just a comeback fight, even if I'm not getting paid, like, you know what I mean? I've earned well this year. I owe it to my supporters to to give them a fight, to let them come see me. It's been November 2019, over three years now. Well, just coming up three years um, since I fought in front of my supporters. So that'd be good. Mm-hmm. But I know there's a lot of big fights out there for me. But for me now, I think I have to have a win to get a big fight. So mm-hmm. just get a win before the year's out or at least early next. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the plan. Like I've said to my dad, try and get something sorted. Brilliant. A few people advising me as well, which which is good. So um, I'd, all I can do now is leave everybody down to their jobs. My manager, advisor, my physio, whatever he says, um, my S&C coach, conditioning coach. Um, now you're off season, you're not in camp. Are you doing a lot of strength work to prevent injuries right now? Is yeah, that what you're so up my to? last fight we did a lot of strength work for. Um, like what? A, a lot of stuff, like uh, my physio would plan into my physiotherapy and stuff like that. Um, stuff that I never knew previously, like more for my injuries and, and stuff like that. But um, that's like strength work has been and like in between camps since working with him we work a lot on strength work you know um lots of stuff but making your body bulletproof exactly but you've seen me in my life although i lost it's look at me now compared to what i was 18 months ago when i beat chris congo mm-hmm. i'm a different person um i'm a lot better uh i'm a lot more developed and well-conditioned fighter now. Um, Do you feel more confident now you're stronger? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I've just boxed at world elite level and didn't look out of place for nine rounds. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I did. Um, So, yeah, the future is still big. Um, I am getting itchy knuckles right now. Like, I need a routine. I do. I'd I'd always like to have a, a fight date. Yeah, have a little holiday afterwards, which is well deserved, but... I always like to have a bit of a fight date. So I'm training quite hard now. I'm training quite hard now as if I've got a fight date. But to be able to diet alongside that is difficult Mm -hmm. until I've got a date, then I've got no choice. Um, So, yeah, things over the next few weeks will be picked up. Um, 
hopefully we get news in the next couple of weeks. Like, I don't care if the next fight's not a massive fight because I know I have to win first. I've just come off a loss. And stay active. Yeah, stay active. Um, or anyone, I could easily... Anyone that wants it can get it. Yeah, exactly. That's always been the motto and I've proven that as well. But I've just fought Ortiz. Life-changing money. The two fights this year, life-changing money. Most people wouldn't even be bothered in looking for another fight date now. Just had a loss. They'd be enjoying life, um, spending some money. Uh, maybe not have a fight again, you know? But me, <laughs> I want to fight so bad. Like I want to fight before the year's out. Do you feel like you have something to prove as well? Yeah, I, d I wouldn't like to end the year on a loss. Mm -hmm. Although it was a win, like, like we were talking about earlier, in many areas, on paper it's still a loss. My first loss as well. Um, so I wouldn't like to end the year with that. Would you ever fight Conor Ben, even knowing that he has taken mm. PEDs? It's never been a, a secret. I've, I've chased it for a long time. I believe I beat him quite well. But even even knowing that he's got mm. one up on you with whatever... No, there'll have to be now, there'd have to be a lot of testing, on-the-ball testing. Would you uh, demand that then yeah, if you were to fight Yeah, of course, him? of course. I still beat him. I'm, I'm all wrong for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people I've proven people see me right over the last few years it started to get on my nerves McKinson always slippery he's awkward he'll give you an awkward night he's tricky and that was all I was ever labelled an awkward southpaw and it, I am an awkward southpaw but it started to get on my nerves because in my head I know I'm so much more than an awkward southpaw mm -hmm. I know I'm stronger than people give me credit for and my record says I've got a very good boxing IQ, very good boxing IQ. I've got a great chin, just because no one's seen me get on it on the chin in 22 fights before Ortiz. Great chin. I've got a big art. There's so much more to me. And you your know, footwork as well. And great footwork. But before this year, I was just labelled as an awkward southpaw. Now, I am getting the credit I deserve. People. I'm guilty of saying you're an awkward southpaw. Yeah, no, when because I, I, fight, I am an awkward are, southpaw. But, but there's way more to the... Yeah, there's way more to it. I am an awkward southpaw, but that was always my title. He's an awkward southpaw. Mm -hmm. you know, would not, an not south, he's a good boxer. Would an awkward southpaw go from struggling to sell tickets on a four-rounder in hometown to winning four belts, fighting on the road like, as the B-side four or five times, beating people in their hometowns, Beating former amateur superstars, um, you know, beating unbeaten fighters, uh, going away, winning all these titles, fighting for a world title eliminator, being the first Portsmouth fighter in history to headlock, fight in America and headline in America. There's, you know what I mean? If I was just an awkward southpaw, I wouldn't be able to do what I've done. Um, so there's, there's a lot more to my game. I'm a great fighter, I'm a world class fighter. And, you know, people are starting to believe that now with with what I've done this year and um, what I'll do next year is going to be even better. Like, I really do believe that. Brilliant. And uh, have you got any sponsors to thank? Oh, I've got lots. But, you know, with boxing, sponsors come and go each camp. Mm -hmm. Like, my main one is um, HS Building. So they they um, pay, like, me and my brother so we don't have to go to work. Me and my brother. Um Unbelievable. He's been the backbone of my life, the guys there, Ben and Tommy, for the last three years. My, they sponsored my brother first, and I was in a situation where 
well, I lived on myself. Um, I had I was relying on sponsorship money to be able to live, pay my bills and stuff like that. And a sponsor, I'll always remember this, three days before all of my bills, rent, everything was coming out, was due, due out, they said, I can't sponsor you anymore. Three days before, and I had no other money to be able to pay him. So I gave Lucas's sponsor a text, see if, like, in desperation, he said, we'll help you out for a few months until you sort your things out. That few months has turned into about three years. Wow. You know, and it's such, it's such, they're such reliable people, which with sponsors, it's never reliable. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, I found that out. Like my last fight, so my kit, a sponsor was sorting my kit out every fight. Now, the kit costs like nearly £700, right? People don't realise. Is that for you and team? No, so my shorts and my ring jacket, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it, it does cost. Susie. But, uh, I go to Boxer. Uh, in uh, Boxer World in... No, sorry, it's not Boxer World. I don't go in it. Box Inc. <laughs> Belfast. Yeah, Box yeah. Inc. Belfast. They sort all of my kit out. But anyway, a sponsor I was relying on. Last three fights, they paid for my, my kit. And um, so they said, yes, we'll do it again. Thought it was very reliable. And, uh, like... I thought they, they said they'd paid the kit, settled it. I got my shorts, went to America, fought. About two weeks after, the the shorts company said, I'm still chasing that money. Can you give him a message? I was I messaged the sponsor and they was like, oh, like, can't really do it. I'll, if you pay it, we'll, we'll pay you in a couple of weeks. So I paid that out of my own pocket after the fight had even happened when I could have got another sponsor to sort that. They had the best, they had the best um, publicity, biggest fight ever, like for a Portsmouth fighter, like on the front of my shorts, like great, great publicity, and and um, they didn't even pay up. What's this company called? Oh, I'm not saying. Nah. No, no, they'll know who they are, but yeah, it's just. It's one of them. It's snakes. There's so many snakes in business, and they I should know. be ashamed. They of said themselves. they'd pay me as well, but I've waited two months. They still haven't reimburse me it's one of them in it but they won't get another opportunity to sponsor me because there's a lot of people that would take that opportunity you know mm-hmm. uh, i've had with this platform people promise things i've sold things for people yeah. done whatever mate i've had no payments i've had people lie to me about statistics of sales when i i mm. know i've got receipts of people that have bought it's um it's it's shocking it's f- how many businesses are snaking you so no there's a lot of fakes like there's a lot of fakes in boxing there's a lot of fakes so you know me my dad Miles my brother um, Matt King and Harley all went out and got matching tattoos see the be real tattoo there we've all got that tattoo because that's our motto we like to stay as real as possible our team's super tight and we're like it's our motto stay real there's lots of fakes in the game so We've all got matching tattoos. Is that something you didn't know? I didn't. No. no. That's, uh, that's we got it. We got nice them about hear. eighteen months ago. Wow. Yeah, because it is shocking that the corruption, the politics, mm. even even the the lower levels, um, like not payments for for fighters yeah. on on the night. So I'm hoping this platform, when I've got fighters on, even to expose these people because the the culprits, yeah. 
probably are doing it to a lot of people and they get away with it because the people don't speak up. Sure. So obviously I know you're not going to, but it is a big part where it, it should be a crime, really. You can't, yeah. you can't promise and sign something to someone. I've had people sign a contract with me and then not pay the remainder of whatever they were meant to do for whatever reason. It's, like, yeah. it's, um, it is hard, and especially when you're paying your bills and, and you're doing them a favour yeah. and they're on the front of thousands of views. And like, What bugged me with that situation is if they was just honest a few weeks before, there would be a company out there that would jump at the chance. Mm-hmm. What fight be, was this? This was the Ortiz fight the other day. Oh, no, OK. I didn't know it was that, that recent. Yeah, so, so I just, in the end, I thought, right, I'll pay it, I'll pay you, because it's very unprofessional, my end, that the people... If you don't pay him, I will expose <laughs> you after this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean that. Yeah, but it, it's, it's just one of them, isn't it? Like, Actually, sponsors you know come what? and go, sponsors you come know, and go. I can just look back at your fight highlights yeah. and I can see exactly who it is, yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's, it is one of them. Like sponsors come and go, so like I'll know my line of sponsors when I have a fight. Like HS Buildings always there; they're the backbone to my life. Um, my team's always there, but sponsors. It's when I have a fight and they want to stay on board and they don't. That's why I have different kit every time, different mm-hmm. t-shirts every time. You know. And this Trent, this clothing brand, they're brilliant. Uh, your brother had a hat on. I think they're they're doing bits in Portsmouth. Yeah, they're a friend of mine actually. A uh, friend of mine, um, obviously, I'm always wearing Trent and I always represent. And out when I, you know, like before this, in my ring walk, I used to always have a, uh, like a headband. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wear a Trent hat to the ring against Ortiz. And like, he was made up for it. Like, so I wore a hat to the ring live on TV. Um, and he was made up from it, you know, just me helping a friend out. Yeah, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you say you've got a small circle. Exactly. I like to keep it as small as possible, although I'm getting more well-known and, and stuff. I've still got the same little circle and stuff, so it's all good. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, and uh, I look forward to chatting to you next time, mate. It was long overdue. I've been trying to get back on for ages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you've messaged me. I yeah. think we've been so busy, both of us. I know. You've been flying, like, recently, so like, I'm like, get me back on. <laughs> yeah, it's going well, and yeah. uh, it'll be going even better soon. I've, I've got some, hopefully, some big news next week. So. Oh, nice, great. Yeah. Well done, mate. Thank you, bro.